Find your balance. That is the goal here at Boost Health. Welcome to episode number 19 of the show. I am Paul Sandberg, the founder of Boost Health and your host. I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist with the NSEA. I have a bachelor's degree in human biology, a master's degree in business administration, and I've been working in the wellness and fitness industry for over 19 years. In each episode of the Boost Health podcast, we discuss a new topic and cover the entire spectrum of wellness concepts, including fitness training, inspiration, nutrition, biohacks, and wellness products, and give you some actionable tips that you can implement in your personal health strategy. Most of the shows are only about 20 minutes long, so you can get caught up on past episodes easily if you're a new listener. Now, my philosophy with this podcast and with Boost Health in general, is to be open-minded and try new things. Preconceived notions shouldn't get in the way of wellness strategies that could be a real difference maker for us. Have you ever tried a new wellness tactic that surprised you and how well it worked? Those are what we try to uncover here. Thank you to everyone who has been telling a friend, family member, or colleague about the show that you think might enjoy it. That is so much appreciated. Another way to support the show is by visiting the website at myboosthealth.com, clicking the Amazon banner at the bottom of the homepage, and then doing some shopping on Amazon. When using the Amazon banner, you'll get to check some shopping off your to-do list, and Boost gets a kickback, so everybody wins. And one last thing that would really help the show, please take a few minutes to subscribe to the show if you haven't already, rate the show five stars, and also leave a written review of the show in iTunes. You can do it right in the podcast app on your smartphone. Announcements. I'm really excited. The Boost Health Performance Apparel Shop will open again on August 1st. Now, you may have seen some gear recently on the Boost Health Instagram, Facebook, and Strava feeds, including the strength gear, cycling gear, multi-sport gear, and casual wear. Now, one new piece that I'm really excited about for this round is the cycling speed suit. It is so comfortable. I'm not sure I will ever go back to a bib in Jersey. Seriously, it is, it is awesome. Newsletter. If you haven't signed up already for the weekly Boost newsletter, you can do so by entering your name and email into the form on the homepage on myboosthealth.com. Don't miss any Boost Health news. Show length. One of the things folks are letting us know they like about the show is that it's concise getting lots of good information in shows that are only 15 or 20 minutes long. Now, this was one of my objectives for the show from the very beginning. As you may have noticed, my shows are running a bit longer when I have guests. So to keep the shows concise, I'll just break them down in 20-minute segments or so. So part one, part two, etc. So you still get all the good information, but in bite-sized chunks. And actually, this is the case with the show you're about to hear. All right, now on with the program. Episode 19 of the Boost Health Podcast is titled, Reconciling Short Distance and Long Distance Athletes, Virtual Wellness Community and Inspiration, Part 1. So I wrote the outline for the show on a plane flying from Hong Kong to Seattle. And that's a pretty long flight. It's a 12-hour flight, so I had a lot of time to, to sort of think about what I wanted to talk about today. So my family is traveling back to the U.S. Uh, or was traveling back to the U.S. For, for summer holiday. We usually come back. Um, for a month or so. And since we were returning back to Kansas to our family and friends and old training buddies, I knew I wanted to do another show on wellness community. 
but I knew it would be a little different than the one I did with, with Bow and Shield, uh, with Asuras and Dragons fitness communities. If you haven't listened to that show, it's episode 15 of the Boost Health podcast. And I recommend it. It's a good one, you know, partly because of the brilliant thoughts of Bo and Shields who really break down, you know, highly organized fitness communities and how they can add performance and mentorship, accountability, and really elicit kindness in the purest form. But this show is different because I'm not able to train with these guys anymore. I'm not able to train with my Kansas buddies anymore, except for a few weeks in the summer when I, when I come back and only whenever we can sort of all map our schedules out. And this is ever since we moved to Hong Kong a, a year and a half ago. And I've kept in contact with this group of guys and I still draw a lot of energy from them. And this energy is, it's intangible. It's, it's one of the things I want to tackle today. And as you all know, people you train with over a period of time start to become more like close friends and even family in some cases. And these guys are definitely family. We all lived within a few blocks of each other. So we were neighbors. We helped each other with flooding basements and moving heavy stuff, offering each other advice, sometimes even unsolicited, cheered each other on, etc. We Basically, we had each other's backs. We would train together as best we could if our schedules allowed and when it made sense with our racing objectives and training objectives. So what if you're part of a wellness community that isn't super, super organized? What if you're Community doesn't have like a weekly ride and a gym workout and special racing events. What if you live on the other side of the world from your wellness community? Can you still glean benefits from this group? Well, thank you to modern technologies such as Strava, Zwift, online forums. We certainly don't feel like we're as far away as we used to be. Strava has become especially useful as we, as we watch each other and see each other's trainings. It's really become sort of intertwined in the fabric of sports, especially endurance sports. There's a joke we were talking about earlier that if your workout doesn't show up on Strava, it, it didn't happen, <laughs> right? Um, and there's a, actually a really interesting article in the 2016 article in Transport Reviews by Romanios et al. that noted Strava won't actually share their data. Um, they won't share how many total users they have, but they did share in 2014. So this is four years ago. They actually did share there were 2.5 million GPS tracked activities that were uploaded in their database each week. Wow. It's huge. It's huge. An article in Men's Journal website stated that Strava adds about 1 million new members every 40 days. So about every month, probably by now, 1 million new users. But here's the question. Is seeing a great run split posted on Strava by one of your friends on a different continent motivating enough to enhance performance. Well, maybe so, especially if you're competitive with that person. It certainly isn't as motivating, though, at least from a tactile perspective, as trying to keep on your buddy's wheel right in front of you, at least in my opinion. How about accountability? Maybe so if you disappear from Strava for a spell, it, it may show your community you're not training consistently. But I think this community, this community with my, with my Kansas buddies is about something different than accountability and performance. I think it's about inspiration, and we'll get into that in a little bit. The whole group of training buddies couldn't join us today, but I'm really pleased that Tanner Tenbrink, Dallas McCarter, and Mike Oliver were all able to make it. So it's the four of us in the room together. And a couple of things these guys all have in common is they're fantastic fathers and very supportive friends and training buddies. And here's just a little bit about these guys individually. So Tanner, who wasn't willing to give me a bio because he's just a modest guy, but he's pretty amazing what he's accomplished in a short time with his racing. He's completed several ultra distance run races. 
He's won his age group in several triathlons and multiple distances, completed an Ironman, completed the Dirty Kansas, which we're going to talk about later today, in the 100 and 200 mile distances. These are amongst many other fantastic race results that you pretty much have to dig out of them if you're, if you're trying to find out stuff about them. Uh, he's amazingly strong and very consistent in his training year over year. Dallas. He's the new, newest member of our group of friends. Uh, he's you know, been hanging around us probably closer to three years. I think you were saying two, but I think it's been closer to three since we've been in Hong Kong a year and a half. He started cycling three years ago when he bought his first bike, a gravel bike, which is cool. Um, he's since raced in multiple 100-plus mile races, most notably the Legrind, which is a two-day gravel stage race. The, I think this is hilarious. They call the, the Dirty Cans a half-pint. 100 miler, <laughs> which just cracks me up. 100 mile races is the half race. And then, of course, this year, the Dirty Kansas 200. Um, he's completed one sprint triathlon. He actually did quite well. And this motivated him enough with Tanner's help uh, to give Ironman a go this year, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, too. And then Mike, he's a Lawrence native, Lawrence, Kansas native. And he's actually a doctor of chiropractic, and he's been in practice for 16 years. And Dallas in the room with us can attest that he has saved his life on numerous occasions and put him back together. Um, he began his fitness journey about three years ago with cycling in an effort to get healthy and more active. And cycling gives him a chance to be active which, with his family, which I love watching you, Mikey, and all you guys really riding with your uh, families out on the paths here in Kansas. It's, Lawrence is a really nice place to, to cycle, especially with family. And he's actually branched into triathlons, completing several short distance tries each year. And he competed in the dirty. He completed the Dirty Kansas 100 in the last two years, and is training for a full Ironman in September. So all three of these guys are doing Ironman Wisconsin in September, which is pretty awesome. But I want to move on to something uh, with the guys in this room here. <laughs> I've been trying to reconcile something in my head, which is a very scary and dangerous place, uh, and with the guys in the room with me. So a couple days ago, we were talking about this show and the outline for the show and what we're going to talk about. And I did a really poor job of explaining something that I've been wrestling with myself. See, most of my training buddies do longer distance endurance training, longer distances that I do in racing and training. And in an effort to explain how I still enjoy training with these guys and girls, and I'm inspired by them, even if I don't necessarily want to do exactly what they're doing in racing and training, in an effort to explain that, I made these guys upset because I just did a really bad job. Without going into details, I just didn't do a good job of explaining how I was feeling. And I'm hoping that one of the things we can do today is hash out some of the differences between different types of athletes and the preferences to racing and training. Because I think, I think that that's kind of common between different sports and different distances and types of athletes. So I think it'll be helpful. At the least, it'll be entertaining perhaps. <laughs> In my last show, if you listen with Dr. Chris Zeno, who's also a chiropractor, he talked about how being truly inspired by somebody isn't about trying to mimic them or be just like them. It's about seeing that they're be, being authentic and they're, they're comfortable in that authenticity. And I'm definitely inspired by these guys. All three guys in the room with me are actually training, as I said earlier, for a full Ironman distance race to Ironman Wisconsin in September. I don't necessarily want to do an Ironman myself, but I'm still inspired and actually amazed by the authentic effort, authentic effort that these guys put in to train and balance this with their busy lives because training for an Ironman is, is no joke. So huge lead in. These guys are here. I, I know I've, I've, I've kept you for a while here, but 
one of the things I want to talk about with you guys is, you know, what is it about the long distance races that, that appeals to you guys and help us sort of bridge the gap in understanding what it is that, that it, that is appealing to, to you all. This is Dallas. I think uh, I've been chosen to go first here. And so, uh, you know, for me, endurance training has manifested from something I've done my whole life and that, that's pushing the limit and trying to find what is the edge of something. And uh, when, when I was younger, finding the edge wasn't always like a creative, well, it was creative, but it wasn't a real positive outcome for me. And so as I kind of progressed through adulthood, I was looking for a different outlet and, and got into cycling. And so for me, it, it's about, it's about finding the limit. Uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, I've yet to find that limit. My wife very <laughs> much wants me to find the limit and, and come to an abrupt stop. Uh, for me, it was just to, to get healthy. When I first started, you know, eight miles was, you know, a lot. And now to see that progress to 20, you know, 50, 100, 100 plus has been the real big thing to see how much I could push it to get healthier, to show my kids through example what to do when you become an adult, how to keep your body healthy and make the right decisions, even if they're hard. Yeah, it, it's it's a journey that you're just looking for the you know, where's the line, you know, all the time, how far can you push it? And like Dallas said, um, in cycling, I guess we haven't found that yet. Um, I, I think a lot of people, uh, like Paul and they find something and they want to like, I want to win. And I don't know that that's necessarily where we're at. Cause we know we're not going to win the DK 200 or we're not going to win Ironman Wisconsin. We just want to see how far we can, we can push our bodies. Um, and you know, that's, that's a kind of a totally different mindset than I'm going to get really, really good at Olympic distance triathlons and I'm going to win everyone in the Midwest. And we have friends in our group that we train with that that's, that's where they're at. And, and that's awesome too. They're fast. They're super fast. They're super fast yeah. <laughs> and but and so that's that's kind of the two ways that you can take this. Um, you can specialize, or you can you can just go long all the time. It's, yeah, it's kind of it's, it's kind of like um, uh, it, it's about the journey. Yeah, uh, Tanner and I have spent uh, a lot of dark hours together riding. Uh, riding bikes and, and racing and uh, one in particular this winter we are all our water froze up and we both kind of hit the dark spot and you know now that we look back on it we both laugh about it and talk about it but you know something about having your buddy right next to you the whole time you're suffering and you're pretty sure you can't roll another mile you, you roll that into a life's lesson you know and with the kids when, when we're hanging out and, and pedaling with them and uh you know you, it's, it's something it's a story you can share with them because even at seven eight 10 years old or um, older like Mike's kids, 12 and 13. So, yeah, 12 and, and 10. 12 and 10. Um, they understand that. So when you're cycling and they're kind of in their little dark spot, you know, 10 miles into the 22-mile ride you're putting into that day, you can talk them through it. You know, you're always right there with them. You're always there to hand them, you know, give them a hand up. And to me, that, that you know, that's it's an easy, it's an easy opportunity to teach them that lesson as, as you get going. It's interesting that's you guys basically defined endurance right there. Merriam-Webster defines endurance as, quote, the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. I mean, does that sound 
pretty accurate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Tanner, you and I raced our first race together, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. 10-man man triath, triathlon. Well, triathlon for Tanner. Duathlon for me, run, bike, run, versus swim, bike, run. 12? I think it was 12. 2012. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and you did the sprint distance, and I did the do, which was just a sprint distance do. Um, and then and we both sort of survived. <laughs> I mean, we really didn't know what the hell we were doing, either one of us, um, but we were really proud of completing it. And I remember asking you after that race was over, like, are you hooked? Are we doing it again? And we were both kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> but something happened between that race and the next Tin Man, which is a year later. I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you got into distance running, trail running specifically, um, cause I think you were like inspired to like work hard on the run. Is that, is that fair? Yeah. Some, somewhere in there, I think I was at work one night and the guys were sitting around and, and one of them said something about a hundred mile foot race <laughs> and not like none of us could even comprehend that that was even a thing. Or, I mean, it, it blew like how many days or what it, you know, no one can do that. And so we started, you know, we started digging into this and like, it's, it's a real deal. People do this and they do it in 24 sub 24. And it it's, and there's look at this. There's one in, in our backyard at, at Clinton Lake. And yeah, so that, well, if somebody can do a hundred, then I ought to be able to do 50. I've never, I've never even run 10 miles before, <laughs> but you know, I could go out there and try this. So, so I rounded up a bunch of these same guys from work and we, we did this and it was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. And we walked the whole thing and that, that's in that, that was like in, in 2013 and that's, that's kind of where it started and this has been a journey I found you guys pretty quick afterwards and yeah, now we're all have serious problems. But the, but the question I want to ask, and maybe you don't know the answer, but what, what about that was, cause I would have just said respect, inspiring and no, honestly. Um, and when you did it, I was like, same thing, mad respect. Like this guy is freaking awesome totally inspired no thank you so what about it is it just innate is it something that you just wanted to see if you could do just out of curiosity like i think this is what we're trying to get at. like what is the is there something in the fabric of some of us that just adventurous curiosity whatever that makes you want to go do that and call me afraid of cat call me not curious enough whatever that i don't like what what is it about it okay we will leave you with that cliffhanger to end part one of the show. Now, part two will be available next week, so make sure to check it out. And thank you so much for listening. Also, thank you very much to my good friends, Tanner Tenbrink, Dallas McCarter, and Mike Oliver for joining the show. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show in iTunes. You can follow my workouts and Boost Health updates on Strava, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also visit the Boost Health website at myboosthealth.com for links to everything along with more motivation and information. Also, don't forget to order your Boost Health gear as the shop will only be open until mid-August. Until next time, this is Paul Sandberg for Tanner, Dallas, and Mike saying goodbye and 
Find your balance.